listening to the Retro Guardians. Okay, now what? Buckle up. you ever bought or rented a videotape that wasn't quite right? <laughs> Groovy. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Hasta la vista, baby. Retro Guardians. Hi all, welcome to this week's Retro Guardians. I'm Ben. I'm Jake. How are you today, Ben? I'm very good, thank you, sir. I thought, Jay, we'd touch on a filmmaker who I don't think gets enough credit even to this day, and I think he should. Mm. And I thought instead of doing the big well-known movies that he's most famous for, I thought we'd go with one not as well-known but still deserves to be mentioned. Okay. What the have filmmaker you got in I'm mind? referring to is the one and only Toby Hooper. Oh, yeah. Texas two films Chainsaw Massacre's uh, extraordinaire. And poltergeists as well. Yeah. Um, Toby's early career will always be highlighted by said Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. That is the film he will be forever known for for the rest of time. Oh, yeah. Um, straight after that, he did a film called Eaten Alive. Ah, uh, um, yeah. It's something I hope to do at some point in a show. Good one. Uh, he did the original Salem's Lot miniseries in 78. And he tried to do another film in there called The Dark, but he was fired off that and replaced. Right. It's another film I'd heard about I've not seen. Okay. So said film that we're going to do in this week's uh, episode is the film which at the time was his fourth film, which was made just before Poltergeist in 1981. It is called The Fun House. Ah, I have seen it. And it was the first... Good one. Yes, and it was the first one he made for a major studio, yep. as in terms of a film. Um. You know what, Jay? We might as well hear the trailer. Why don't yeah. we go into that and let the audience get a feel for the movie? Let's do it. Here we go. Why are you to face the challenge of the monster? Who is mad enough to enter that world of darkness? Something is alive in the funhouse. Something not alive like its father. Something better dead. Something that has the form of a human, but not the face. This better be good. It's gonna be great. Something that feeds off the flesh and blood of young innocents. Come on, here we go. This is it. Something that tonight will turn the funhouse into a carnival of terror. Pictures. The Fun House. It's a carnival of terror from Toby Hooper, the director who terrified you with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, there we go. Freaky. I actually, as we were talking, Jay, just realized I actually have the DVD on my shelf. I've actually just pulled it off. Oh, yeah. And this is from a couple of years ago. It's R rated. 
Yeah, it has a clown coming out of a like a jack in the box situation, but in its hand is a bloody axe. Yeah, and it's in front of a sort of setup like uh, the circus sort of tent. Yep, inside that, Um, there was no extra features on the DVD except an interview with Toby, which now we're talking about him. I'll, I'll actually check it out later just to hear him talk. What I do know is this film was pretty much greenlit pretty quickly because as we talked earlier in one of the other uh, episodes, Friday the 13th really opened a floodgate to sort of those kind of teen horror films at that yeah. time period. There were so many greenlit and pushed through straight away. And this was literally 1981, so it was straight oh, after Friday. What a good year And Universal that was. really wanted to capitalise on it. Yeah. So they literally bought this script on the spot and they offered Toby it on the spot too. Now, he had only really worked for Warner Brothers briefly on... Um, Salem's Lot, the other three movies I mentioned had been independently produced. So this was the first time making a motion picture for a major studio. And one of the things I know that he actually loved doing in this movie is um, using the iconic image of Frankenstein in an unusual way. He was able to yep. use it because Universal owned it. Oh. So he could use it. So the main said uh, villain, Gunther, when we first introduced to him, he's actually wearing the Frankenstein mask. Yep. So just to sort of clarify and go into a bit of context for this film, four friends go to a local uh, carnival that's in town, and one of the main characters, I believe, is Amy, played by Elizabeth Berridge. Yep. She had a practical joke played on her by a younger brother just earlier, and she threatened that if he ever did anything like that, she'd get him really badly. So this is just earlier in the the day. Then her and her boyfriend, uh, I think it's buzz and their two friends liz and richie they go to the carnival and they start walking around the carnival and they start seeing a lot of sykes one of the things i remember very clearly in this film is the freak show they go in they see like a like a horse or a cow with unusual Uh, faces and stuff but they come across a a creature that's in a jar i remember this very uh, vividly that we don't know what it is exactly it's not explained there's no sort of sign or anything and then as they're walking around, we're hearing a barker talk about the, the fun house and stuff. And then we see two kids in the um, getting onto the fun house and being pushed in by said Gunther in the, the um, character yeah. with the Frankenstein mask on. One of the characters of their friends decides, why don't we stay the night inside the fun house? Well, what a bad idea. Yeah, because they go in and the cars come out, but there's no people on them. So even the, the Gunther's looking around going, where are they? What's going on? So film goes along fine. Everything's going okay. And then they're walking around inside looking through the whole fun house. And then we realize there's actually inside the fun house is a bit of an office. Yeah, down and, underneath it. Yeah, and then we see the character Gunther again. And there had been a psychic earlier in the, um, in the carnival that they'd witnessed and essentially, short version of it, uh, Gunther plays her to give a happy ending. Yeah. And doesn't work out. She laughs and he kills her. Yeah. And then when he takes off, we don't know where he goes. There's a safe left over. And one of the other characters, I believe it's Richie, actually grabs the money out of the safe. Yeah, he steals it. Yep. Yeah. And then Gunther comes back with the Barker, who we find out is actually his father. And then he starts getting beaten by his father, 
for what he's done wrong. And they now, sort of find it funny, don't they? Yeah, but the money's gone. Mm. That's the bit it sets off this character. And finally, we see him take the mask off, and he's this big, pale, deformed character with these glowing eyes and a, like a hair lip and a drool with mm. very long, sort of stringy white hair. Yeah, like uh, an albino. Albino. Yeah, very much so. And then we discover that the character, the, the thing in the jar is actually his younger brother. Yeah. Like and fetus. then. So, one of the characters accidentally drops a lighter and the Barker finds it and he knows that they're up there. Yep. And he tells yep. Gunther he has to deal with them. Yep. So then proceeds to murder and mayhem. And one of the things that was very unique about this was the idea of scene behind the scenes. Mm. You know, wondering what actually happens in a funhouse, not just on the cart, but the, all the behind the scenes trapdoor stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they had set it up. <laughs> to account for that hadn't they like it was well prepared and ready to inflict torture on people so the other thing i remember too was uh the the amy's younger brother goes back to the to the carnival mm. and looks around and he can't find them yep and then he's looking up at the front of the fun house there's this big fat lady who's laughing and he looks up and he's for whatever reason clowns seem to rub him the wrong way and he turns around and comes face to face with a sort of a homeless woman who scares him. And then he runs, bolts off in, in sort of, you know, post haste. But he tries to go back in there later and he, he runs into Gunther, tries to grab him, and then he gets really scared and petrified. Yeah. And um, the Barker gets a hold of them at one point and inadvertently gets thrown onto a spear or I think a sword. Um, Gunther gets uh, Richie and um, Liz. Liz's death is pretty brutal. And then um, Buzz, I think, tries to kill one of them and uh, kill him and inadvertently kills Richie. I think yeah. he's the reason Richie gets killed. I know. I remember that scene. So that, that scene is a hard scene to watch. It even, is. even the time I saw it, I went, ooh, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen more of it nowadays where someone's tried to kill a villain and inadvertently killed a friend mm. or something. Yeah. And it's pretty rough. And then um, we know the Barker gets killed and then Gunther's pretty much on his own and allowed to do what he wants. And Amy sort of takes him on. Amy realises her brother's outside and screaming for his name, but she, the brother's traumatised from seeing Gunther and also what she said to him. You know, I will get you. I will this, and he's traumatized still from that, so he doesn't say a word. And then Amy really has to f take on Gunther on her own, and there's no one left to help her. Yeah. And I do remember his death being very distinct. It was very memorable. Mm. Uh, his head gets caught into some gears and cogs. Oh. It gets squashed. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. always love the, the, the very last scene, which is her coming out of the funhouse on her yeah. own, bloodied up. In the morning, sun coming yes. up. Yep. I yeah, remember and then that. she just walks off towards home at the end. Yeah, yeah. And then we just look up and we see the fat lady still laughing and that's how the movie ends on, on that note. Mm. Um, I don't think Toby gets enough credit for this. It really plays in more to the cliche sort of uh, slasher tropes at the time, but to be honest, because it was him 
Yep. You sort of trust him, Jay. I mean, he knows what how to do scares and suspense. Yeah, and well. that's what sort of drew me to watching this. I think also this was one that I saw on In Search of Darkness. And when I heard it was a Hooper film, I immediately put it on my list and saw it probably one of the first ones I saw out of that uh, doco. So I saw it when we got to, uh, Video 2000 opened oh, up. Yeah. Do you remember that yep. video store? At the uh, shopping centre. Yep. Yeah, it was in there and I, I saw it and I saw his name once again. I think again. you had a bit of falling out with that store or something. They didn't like you or something. No, they didn't like my brother. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they, they thought I was my brother and I went, no, 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 that's a whole other thing. <laughs> and then once that was said out loud, I was fine. But yeah, there was because he was hanging around with the wrong crew at the time that were uh, yep. being a bit more not uh, nice to other people and on the side yeah. as well. You were probably so, one of their best customers of the local oh, video Oh yeah, stores. a lot of them said that. You wouldn't me, want to get you offside because uh, you were a good portion of their business, I think. You kept them afloat. Yeah, but I also got the ones that were up in the corner covered in dust that no one yep. else touched. And occasionally one of the guys said to me was, I'm glad they get touched occasionally because <laughs> it means we get all our money's worth for, out of them. Yep. And I remember this being one of the ones from that, that store. There you go. And it, it was not a bad film even at the time I saw it. And, uh, Jay, I do think it was 96, 97 in there I saw oh, this okay. one. okay. Yeah, right. And it was a bit later, but I still liked it. I still yep. like it. Now, I don't watch it that often, obviously. Mm. But um, we, you know, it was like that period we were talking about in the Beyond episode that mm. we were just happy for anything different. Yeah. If a recommendation or a different thing or wasn't well known, this was definitely not well known because I didn't know anyone that knew it. So as soon as I saw Toby's name on it, I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this one. Mm. But then I, I, I couldn't find it again for a long time, and then I saw it only probably in the last 10 years. Yeah. So it was like a, like a, like a 10, 15-year period where I didn't Between, see it. Yeah. Then got it again and really still felt, okay, this is still good. Now, what I also remember is the main character, Elizabeth uh, Berridge, who played Amy, I think she went on to be in an Academy Award-winning movie straight after this. I think she was in Amadeus. The mm. Milos Forman movie that won several Oscars, which okay. was 84. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an impressive thing to go from sort of this sort of teenage slasher film to a... But she hasn't a big... been in much. No, no, no. I believe she is married to a very famous actor, character actor, and that is... Um, Kevin Corrigan. Yeah, he's in a lot of things, Jay. A mm. lot of Scorsese stuff. I watched something the other day on, on Disney Plus he was in, which was unstoppable with... Um, Denzel Washington and Chris Pine that was directed by Tony Scott, his last film. He was in that. He mm. played a safety inspector. He was always in the background in certain films. I mean, ever since the beginning of the 90s, the first thing I ever remember seeing him in was Scorsese's Goodfellas, and then he was in The Departed for Scorsese. The one I can tell you that you and I watched him in in a big film when I, when I moved down here to Melbourne was uh, American Gangster. He has a very oh, yeah. memorable scene with Russell Crowe. So, I mean, this guy had been around a watch, so I'm sort of amazed that they ended up together. Yeah. But um, there were a few other character actors in this movie. Toby had a particularly love for character actors. Yeah. Now, as you know, Jay, I was just overseas recently at a certain convention, and I met an actor that actually worked with Toby on um, Masters of Horror. Okay. And um, he told me he was cool. He's very easygoing. He's like, at your own pace, just do it. Don't worry. Go for it action you know he, he 
he didn't push you too much to do just take your time mm. slower you don't have to go too fast in this scene he was very much like that in terms of directing yeah. um that was the damn thing which was i think 2006 that one was made so I mean, sadly, we've lost Toby. It's been just yeah. over seven years since we lost Toby, yeah. and I um, mean, speaking also on the fact that when we talked about the Beyond about Luca Fucci still being talked about nearly uh, twenty years after his death, I doubt Toby Hooper's name will ever be forgotten because of horror as well. Yeah, I um, mean that first Texas, that first po original Poltergeist. Not to mention films like this or even some of the canon films he did. I doubt Toby's ever going to be fully forgotten. I stand by that. Oh, and this I is agree. one that not a lot of people have seen. I um, mean, it, as, as said interviewee in, in Search of Darkness says, it gets lost in his canon because it, it came out before Poltergeist and just before the canon films like Life Force and in, in um, His Invaders from Mars sort of overshadowed it. But I always say to people, yeah, it's definitely one to check out with his um, his credits. It's definitely it deserves its credit, is what I say. Mm. So Jay, I would give this a, a seven out of ten. This yeah. one, it it does just follow some of the sort of classic slasher film tropes at the time. Now, if this had come out in the mid eighties, I don't think it would have worked. It had to be the early eighties, which yeah. is eighty one, and I definitely think that that was a plus to it. And like I said, it was universal going, we need one of these kind of films, and Toby was really allowed a little bit of freedom as a result of that, sort of make the film he wanted to make. I do know it didn't make him a lot of money when it first came out, but it did get mixed reviews, but now it's got a very, like most of Toby's films, cult following. So definitely worth checking out, definitely worth having a look at for those curious and wondering what he did other than said movies we mentioned earlier. Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven as well. Um, had a good mix of um, slasher, uh, all, all sorts of stuff. Uh, I think it was a, a, a good combination, and it kept you on the edge of your seat and some good kills, and I enjoyed it. Suspense, sort of, which he was really good at from Texas, Chainsaw. He really knew how to do suspense. Yep. I really appreciated him for that. Absolutely. I mean, he did that in Poltergeist as well, but this film very much fits more into the slasher's formula, which the other films didn't. Yeah. So he can honestly say he did do a slasher film, even in the early days. And in terms of popularity and cost, it made it was made for three million and took in seven point eight mil. So not bad, not bad. But it, it wasn't the Friday the Thirteenth money that they nah. were all hoping for. No. Nah. And what was the Which reception? They all like? wanted. They yeah. all wanted that money back then. Uh, reception was mixed, yeah. but it, it it was mixed. Um, I think a lot of people still expected high things from him because of Texas Chainsaw. Yep. I think that sort of, you know, that, that first film curse sort of yeah. mentality with filmmakers. Yeah. But I still enjoy it, and I still... I haven't watched it in a while, and I just recently re-watched it, and I hadn't in a long time. And like I said, he's still got that. Yeah. He still could do <laughs> I, I like it. I, I, look, horror. to be honest, I probably like this one a little bit better than Texas for me, um, just in terms of it was a bit more... It, it, the action and the, the sort of... Those scenes were more consistent in this. They were just ongoing and rolling with the punches, whereas Texas had sort of ups and downs of downtime in the movie where there was nothing happening in terms of the kills and the chases. So for me, I, I sort of found it a bit of a more action-packed watch 
but also it was interesting that, like I said earlier, about the behind-the-scenes stuff of a funhouse. Yeah. To yeah. see what that space is used for. Yeah, and, and we all it's... went into funhouses as kids, and we were shitting ourselves in a lot of them, weren't absolutely. we? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I do remember the one from our hometown when the show was on, going yeah. into that one a the few horror. times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I you what actually, funny we say that, you and I went into a couple of those funhouse-ish things at uh, the Halloween drive-in cinema. Oh, they were fun. Uh, I loved that. Scared the crap out of me. Far I out. I was smiling the whole time. Yeah. I, I, I know you, like, Ben, there's someone right behind you. Yeah, I know he's there. Don't worry. He's doing a good job. You know they're there, <laughs> but they still scare the crap out of you. That's yeah, something they I, need to do again. I'm, I miss that too. But uh, there was one we walked into, and it was a girl on a bed talking to a doll. Oh, fuck. And I, I stopped you and went, there's something else in the room. That's a distraction. And sure yeah. enough, someone else jumped out from another corner, <laughs> and I knew it was coming because I went into it thinking, what would I do in this situation? I'd, <laughs> I'd distract you while doing that. I love one that there was a curtain, like a shower curtain one, yeah. and someone come out from behind that. Yeah. I loved all those details. They did and, that yeah, well. They did it well. It's just a shame that they sort of don't do that as much anymore. They blamed COVID and never did it again. Which is a shame. Yes, yeah, so <sighs> anyway. But we just keep an eye out. It's mm. Halloween, not too far off. Hopefully something like that pops up again. Mm. Um, you've got something very important coming up, so I don't know if you'll get to do it or not, but I definitely hope there is something like that yeah. coming up. I think I will be unavailable this uh, Halloween, unfortunately, but, yeah, we will re, uh, reunite next Halloween. Absolutely. Mm. Well, I cool. think that's everything we're going to cover this week, Jay. Yep, I think that was a good uh, cap on uh, the fun house. Toby Hooper's unappreciated little gem. Yeah. Well, I'm Ben. I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. We'll see you again soon. Retro Guardians.